Welcome to the Experience Started Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So on this episode of the podcast, we return to something of an annual tradition here on the show. The full-time MBA application is launched and out in the world. And in honor of this occasion, we invited Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions here at the Darden School of Business, Donna Clark, onto the podcast to talk more about this year's application. If you're planning to apply to Darden's full-time MBA program this application cycle, this episode is essential listening. So without further ado, here's my interview with Donna Clark. Donna, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks for having me. It's great to, to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. This is an annual tradition. The full-time MBA application has launched. And so we wanted to have you come on the podcast to talk more about the application, deadlines, all these kinds of things. So thank you so much for taking some time. For the oh, podcast. My pleasure. It's, it's, it's an exciting time for our, our team. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about how things are going. How are you doing? Are you having a good summer? I am having a great summer. My husband and I just arrived in Maine a few days ago, uh, right before the pandemic. As you know, we bought a, a small seasonal cottage on a lake that I've been going to for most summers in my life since I was a little girl. So it has a lot of sentimental uh, I have a lot of uh, attachment to this particular lake and in this new 2023 post-pandemic world, nice to do a combination of remote work. And next week, I'm taking my first week of vacation. How about how about you, Brett? How's your summer going? Everything's going well. It's been busy working on the part-time MBA, executive MBA and MSBA classes. Really looking forward to the start of school. Can you believe it? It's almost August 14. It'll be here before you know it. I know. It's crazy. It's uh it's uh, very interesting always at this time of year because we're officially kicking off the 2023-24 admission cycle, but our classes haven't even started yet. So we're, I know we're both really excited to greet our entering class and then are, are already underway with recruiting the following year, the class of 2026. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, just a sort of continuous process. And so uh, this is an exciting time of year where you're welcoming one class and looking forward to the the next one. So let's talk a little bit more about the full-time MBA application for this uh, admission cycle. Um, How does it feel to have the application out in the world? I know there's a lot that goes into putting the application together behind the scenes. It's live now. How does it feel? It feels really good. And I would say um, it's it's definitely a team effort. I love the fact, as you know, you're such a big contributor to this as well. We all take a look at the application and think about uh, what is valuable to us and what additional questions we can ask. And we have a team, uh, has a team have had to navigate the new Scoutist ruling um, this year. And so uh, there has been a lot of work that's gone into it, but as as you well know, um, Brett, our team gets so much joy out of reading these applications and essays and connecting with applicants, and the busy season is right around the corner, so uh, it's very exciting. Well, most of our applicants probably want to know, what's the deal with this year's essay questions? So you got a blog post out there that I would recommend to folks if you want to take a take a deeper dive and, and read through them yourself. And of course, you could always open an application too if you wanted to see them. But uh, what would you share about this year's essay questions? Sure. Well, let me just say a few words about each of the essays. Um, one of the essays, is, we call it the Community of Belonging essay. And it basically says, what would you like your classmates to know about you that is not on your resume? Um I know people hear a lot of times that it's a holistic review process, and we really um, mean that. We we want 
the essays to elicit elements of your background um, that are multidimensional. And I think that's kind of a fun essay. You know, what, what would you like them to know that's not on your resume? I get a lot of joy out of reading um, that essay, you know, of all the things that an applicant can say about himself or herself. I think it's great to see what, what they want to emphasize. Um, another essay, we call it the inclusive impact essay. And the essay question reads, please describe a tangible exam example that illuminates your experience promoting an inclusive environment and what you would bring to creating a welcoming global community at Darden. I think this essay question is particularly relevant this year because our new senior associate dean, Melissa Thomas Hunt, has been doing a lot of work for the last year with a consulting firm called Irrational Labs on Belonging. Darden is extremely well known for the sense um, its sense of community, and there is a concerted effort to have systematic changes in place and processes that help facilitate an inclusive environment and one where everybody feels a sense of belonging. I'm really, really proud um, of the work she's done. And I think it's going to be great to see how that comes to fruition in this next year's class. But a big component of that are the individuals that are a part of the class and asking a question about what they've done to promote an inclusive environment and what they what they would bring to creating a welcoming global community is so important. You have to have members of the community that are all putting effort into that, not only at Darden, but in their future careers as leaders. We want to cultivate leaders that have a variety of skills and one of those skills I think that's very important in our society and, and, and with uh, business leaders is the ability to create inclusive environments where people can thrive and feel a sense of belonging. And then, of course, there's a careers question, um, which is at this time, how would you describe your short term post MBA goal in terms of industry function, geography, company size or mission? And how does it align with your long term vision you have for your career? And that's just an opportunity for an applicant to think about where they've been, what Darden to research what Darden has to offer, how Darden might be a bridge between their career to date and where they want to go. Applicants are entitled to change their mind. It is one of the beauties of the MBA program is that you are exposed to so many different functional areas, so many different industries at Darden. And a lot of people change their mind. And I love the phrase, we don't know what we don't know. But we just want to get a sense of at this point, at this juncture, when you're applying, what are you thinking in terms of your short-term goals and, and how Darden might fit into that? Um, I love the fact that the essays are multidimensional in nature and aimed at maybe... Um, tapping into some insight about an applicant that isn't covered necessarily on the resume or perhaps in other elements of the application. So we asked multiple questions as you've noted here. And, and I think sometimes people, when people hear that word essay, they think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna write thousands of words. It's not the reality with these questions. I think probably the biggest challenge uh, with these essay questions is the word limit. You only have so much real estate, relatively uh, short responses uh, here. And we're trying to get a, a sense of how you're thinking about things, what you're feeling, what you bring to the community, as you noted. Uh, and there's no right answer. What, what do you share with folks when you talk about why we ask multiple uh, short essay questions? 
Well, I think uh, for applicants who are potential applicants who are listening to this podcast, I'm confident that each one of you that is listening has a lot to be proud of. I think one of the most joyful elements of being on the admissions committee for so many of us um, is listening to these stories. And hopefully one of the more joyful elements for the applicant is the process of reflecting on what unique elements of your life, your achievement, your milestones, your characteristic, what makes you you, what are you most proud of? And I think that can be, sometimes we don't have an opportunity to think about these things unless we're kind of forced to. Um, One of the things we hear, I know you hear this too, Brett, is that after candidates submit their applications, they tell us that thinking through these questions and going through the process of prioritizing what they most want to convey was actually a really great exercise in self-reflection. So I would say asking multiple questions is really very intentional. As you know, you were on the committee that formed these essay questions. People are multidimensional and and, um, people can shine for different reasons. And there are elements of our community that are important and bringing in people who are going to be community builders is is important to us. So it's, it's very intentional and hopefully reassuring to the applicant that we're genuinely interested in getting to know multiple aspects of your background. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that you've underscored that this is a storytelling exercise, that this is about us getting a chance to hear your story uh, through the various elements of the application, uh, that this is very much also a two-way conversation. We pick these questions because we feel like they align with important community values, important community dimensions here here at Darden. Um, and one of the questions that we continue to include in the application, uh, it relates to a student's uh, family background. And it's an optional right. question uh, in the application, but nevertheless, it's an opportunity for a student to share more about their circumstances growing up, uh, their family environment, the household that they grew up in, again, if they wish to do so. Uh, what right. do you ha- What do you share with folks about this question? Well, I'm actually pretty passionate about this question. We introduced it into the application about three years ago. And the value of this question is really an acknowledgement that all of our achievements occur within a broader context of our lives. And most human beings at some point are going to face circumstances that may be very difficult to navigate. And these kinds of challenges and circumstances that we see that people disclose, it could range from a socioeconomic challenge perhaps a a difficult divorce in the family or or family structure, could be a medical challenge that an applicant or loved one has faced. Perhaps the applicant has endured a significant loss or been on the um, receiving end of some behavior that was not acceptable. Could be a, a financial situation which required that that applicant finance their own college education you know, a portion of their college education and more. Those are just some some examples of, of things that we've seen. There um, are, are many others. I have been struck by the magnitude and substance of the responses. It's really meant to be a compassionate signal that if an applicant is comfortable sharing something that may have been challenging, we do care about the broader context 
our applicant average age tends to be 27 or 28. So for some that early in life, they have not yet had to face a major life challenge or obstacle. And I, and I don't want applicants who fall into that category to feel like they're at any kind of disadvantage. It is an optional question. They're not at a disadvantage by not answering that question. And it's always better to be authentic. Also, some applicants may have navigated a challenge that they are not comfortable sharing, and we respect that decision as well. It's truly an optional question and intended to provide a safe space for applicants who do choose um, to share some circumstances that may have impacted their grades or their performance or um, may have required a leave of absence or, or whatever. Um, one of the patterns or themes that I see occasionally and not always is a passion for a cause that may have originated from a life event that the candidate has or is navigating. It's really powerful to see that these life events in the long run at times have silver linings and um, often compassion is one of the silver linings and having genuine compassion is an asset for leaders. So, and if somebody has endured something or gone through something and wants to help others, it's also a place to talk about a passion that you may have and that it may be relevant to the work you do or the volunteer work that you do or time that you give. So, um, I guess I would underscore that it is optional and it is a, a safe place. Our admissions committee has a lot of experience in a lot of related issues and I think are very compassionate people. So that was a long-winded answer to your question, Brett, but I'm, I'm pretty passionate about that optional essay. No, it comes through. I think it always reminds me as we talk about this particular question that we're trying to get to know the whole person, right? And I think oftentimes when people apply to business school, they're thinking a lot about their academic background, what they've done professionally, and they oftentimes will discount their personal and lived experiences. And one of the metaphors that we use to help people at least visualize uh, what makes a strong application is this three-legged stool where there's a personal dimension, an academic dimension, and a professional dimension. And people will oftentimes overlook that personal dimension. They think, oh, that's secondary, that's tertiary, it doesn't really apply here, but you're gonna bring all of that with you to an MBA program. We want to get to know you as a whole person. And certainly if you think about how you learn here at DART, it's case methods, discussion-based, it's interactive. You're, you're gonna get to know your classmates and they're gonna get to know you really well. So we want to get to know you, your authentic you uh, very well. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of the opportunity. There's a club at Darden called Humans of Darden, where people can come and share their stories in a safe space, and what is shared remains confidential. Um, and um, I often hear from students the extent to which they do learn from each from each other. But you're right. You know, it's hard. We can't always completely separate our professional lives and academic lives from what's going on in our broader lives. And the the the, the these essay questions really illuminate that. Life can be difficult. You know, there's, you know, great peaks and, and sometimes there are valleys and sometimes those might impact a semester in college or whatever. And so um, I think you can never go wrong with signaling um, compassion. And um, I think it is a compassionate essay to ask. 
Well, let's talk about recommendations. Uh, we continue to only require one recommendation. We will accept up to two recommendations. Um, how do you encourage candidates to think about this part of their application? That's a, a really good question. I would say, first and foremost, choose a recommender who knows you well. Oftentimes we're asked, is it better to ask somebody who really knows me well, who's interacted with me, who really knows my, my strengths, or somebody with a higher title? I would go for the person who, who knows you well. I also think this is going to sound so basic, but um, maybe a, an overlooked piece of advice is ask your recommender if they have time to write you a compelling recommendation. So A, do they have time? And B, do they have time to write a compelling ap application? You want to kind of cl clear that up in advance as, as we both know Sometimes recommendations are late. Sometimes an application is incomplete because of the, the recommender. So I think underscoring to them the deadline when the recommendation is due and just making sure you know that that person is going to put some effort into the recommendation. Some applicants, it's unfortunately not uncommon for an applicant to be asked to write their own recommendation. And we clearly don't recommend that. But I do think it's okay to schedule a time with your recommender, um, maybe take him or her to coffee, provide a copy of your resume, maybe talk about um, why a particular school is your top choice, maybe remind them of something that um, the applicant is particularly proud of, um, any characteristics or ways that the applicant has thrived in the environment in which that recommender has ob observed them, and kind of help them to prepare a compelling recommendation, but no, not to cross the line into writing their own. And then the final piece of advice I would say is I find, this is not a necessity, but I find um, examples and anecdotes to be really compelling too. Um, sometimes they really pop on a recommendation. So rather than just saying Brett is a great team player, maybe give an example of how Brett is a great team player, which he is. I appreciate your your points there about your recommender. I think uh, the framework that I always encourage candidates to consider as they approach the application process is to think of the application as an initial introduction to who you are. You're not going to be able to share everything about yourself. So developing some idea of your application priorities, those things you absolutely want to make sure the admissions committee knows about you at the conclusion of reading your application. And then thinking about how the different elements of the application can help advance those priorities and tell your story and introduce you to our admissions committee. The recommendation is a really important part of that because of course the recommendation is the one part of the application where someone else is filling out, uh, sharing their perspective on you. And so it's always great to hear from somebody who knows you well and can write a really compelling uh, recommendation. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about um, the standardized test portion of the application. We continue to offer test waivers uh, for full-time MBA applicants and have a lot of detail on our website about the standardized test waiver request process and, and how that works. I know you're really passionate uh, about this, Donna, um, and this is something that's been in place now for, for a couple of admission cycles. How do you encourage candidates to think about whether a test waiver request might be right for them? Sure. Um, you're right. I'm really passionate about this and proud of what our team has accomplished in this space because Darden has really a first mover in, in this, uh, the magnitude of test flexibility and um, the test, the very legitimate test waiver process. First, I would just say that the test waiver 
um, policy was sort of instituted based on a sentiment that not all stellar applicants are equally stand equally stellar standardized test takers. Um, and we are now in 2023, and there's a host of ways to show academic readiness. So first, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question about the test waiver, but first I'll just mention that we are very test flexible. We accept the GMAT, the GRE, the new formats of those exams that are coming out as well. The executive assess assessment, the MCAT, and the LSAT. Um, so my advice would be if you are going to take a standardized test to take some practice tests, get a sense of which one might be the best fit for you. And then you're right, there is a standardized test waiver. Um, basically, the waiver process is really intended for candidates who have built compelling alternative evidence that they can do well academically at Darden. So we want all of our students, we want to set them up for success. If they're admitted, we want to know they can hit the ground running and thrive and that there is some evidence in their application um, that they can do so. Uh, but there are, uh, um, you know, a multitude of ways to provide what we call this compelling alternative evidence. And there is a waiver form that I would only recommend for people who say, hey, I have significant work experience that is analytical or quantitative in nature. Perhaps I have a master's degree or a CPA or a CFA or some certification courses. So it's it's really intended for people who have built this evidence in, in, in other ways. The waiver process does feed directly into the application. So it's a little bit less work for applicants. Sometimes an applicant is approved for the waiver and sometimes the waiver committee may decline it. That is not an indication that the candidate is not going to be a good candidate for admission. It may mean we think your application is going to be stronger if we have this additional piece of information. Maybe there just isn't quite enough compelling evidence for us to feel comfortable and we just, we just need this other piece of data. So don't be discouraged if you are declined for the waiver. It just means we want to set you up for success. Um, and we just need a little bit of, of additional information. Candidates do apply for a waiver request prior to submitting their application. Um, and there's no need to start an application to submit the waiver request. Brett, you're on, you've been on that committee. You've, you're you're an instrumental member of that committee. What what advice is? Did I miss anything or anything no, else I, that you would add? Yeah, you you hit all the high points. I mean, I think the the key point here to remember for applicants is the test waiver request process is not the application process. And so when we are looking at test waiver requests, we're really focused on the question of, do we feel like we need a test score to understand this applicant's academic readiness for the program? That is what, the, that's the central question in the test waiver request evaluation. It is not a small version of the admissions process. And I think that's really important uh, for people to, to keep in mind that these are, these are separable uh, things. Um, and so, as you think about approaching that process, uh, Donna, I thought you did a great job talking about, you know, you're, you're 
you really want to be as objective as you can. Put yourself in a position of the test waiver committee, uh, looking at these things objectively. Do you think this is a strong case? And, and we try to be pretty explicit in that FAQs about how we're going to think about this. You know, we're going to really look at your undergraduate GPA. How did you do? How does that compare to our average undergraduate GPA for the full-time MBA program? Do you have a grad degree? How did you do in that graduate degree? Some professional certifications, in particular CPA, CFA, um, hit on our, our radar, the nature of your work experience, how many years, the quality, the nature of the work that you're doing. These are the things that we're really scrutinizing here. And again, the focus is on, do we feel like we need a test score to understand this particular uh, request requester's academic readiness for the program? That's the frame. Right. And you were so involved in developing this process and so involved as a leader on that um, test waiver, but I, I'm very proud of it. I think it is progressive in nature and people can shine for different reasons and it's 2023 and there are a lot of ways, like you just mentioned so many that people can provide alternative evidence. So um, glad that we have integrated a more progressive approach to screening for academic re readiness. Yeah, I think the thing to kind of keep in mind as you go through this process is there's this broader layer of strategy as you're approaching the application process. And you also want to think about the scholarship process, too. We know that this is important for candidates. And so for some folks, you know, you think about particularly this test waiver request process. It's certainly a lot faster to request a test waiver and, and maybe you would receive a waiver. But then there's sort of the broader question of like to present your strongest application, to feel the most confident when you press submit, do you feel like you would benefit from having a test score? Bearing in mind that when we get to the scholarship process and we look at a, a candidate for a merit-based scholarship award, test score can be part of that, right? And things like GPA, standardized test score, the list goes on. So that can, by having a test score in the scholarship process can really expand uh, the data set uh, that's yep. available to the scholarship committee when making those awards. So that's, uh, I always, point out that strategic note for candidates, because I think sometimes when you talk about the test waiver request process, you have to keep in mind that it's part of this bigger picture for an applicant. That's such a good point. All right. Um, any other thoughts here around demonstrating your academic readiness uh, that you would want to highlight for candidates? There's so many different inputs here, by the way. Um, GPA, there's standard, standardized test score as discussed. There's professional certifications, additional non-degree related coursework. There's the nature of someone's job and work responsibilities. What, what do you highlight here for, for candidates, Dom? I'd say the only other thing we haven't covered is that when we introduce this, this, this uh, waiver process evolved after working closely with enterprise analytics on finding data on other inputs that do correlate with success. And we we are a fan of the standardized tests. They do, they they are a valid and predictive indicator. However, we're looking for data on what other elements of the application or inputs that, that you mentioned, like the GPA. We found that there is a, a high correlation with the interview. Um, and that was a surprise. And kind of when you think about it, Darden is a case method school. There's a heavy em emphasis on class participation and communication skills. So in many ways, it does make a lot of sense that the interview was more predictive than we would have expected. But we'll work with them every year to 
to ask additional questions. Is, is there a correlation with the CFA or the CPA? We're constantly, every year, kind of looking at how people performed. Is the test waiver process working? How can we tweak it? So it's not just us basing this on some kind of hypothesis where we, we are, we have worked with our enterprise analytics team on getting some data and tweaking and evolving on a yearly basis. Well, Donna, I wonder, um, how do you encourage candidates to think about the application process generally? What, what do you share, share with them? I would say having done this for um, too many years that I'm going to mention, I would say it is very common for people to find this to start from a place where it's really stressful. I would say one thing, just in sort of a tactical strategy with navigating the application is to break it down. And so I'm going to give you an analogy. Um, sometimes um, in my career, there are times when I've traveled internationally, like four countries independently. And if I think about that, it can be very overwhelming. But if I say, well, first I need to take the Uber to the airport, then I need to get on the plane. So I would say break it down into um, mini projects work on your resume, make sure it's professional. Um, you know, there, there's the essays, there's the resume, there's the recommendations, there's class visits. Try try to break it down into attainable pieces and try not to look at the application process, maybe necessarily as a whole, break, break it down um, and chip away at it. The essay question, I, I actually hear, and I bet you do too, Brett, that a lot of people liked our essay questions and found them to be um, fun and some of the optional ones as well. So that you might, it might be less stressful for some people than one thinks. I would also say, try to take it up 360 degrees and realize you are about to embark on a really exciting journey. And should you land at Darden, um, and should we be fortunate enough to have you as part of our community, you are going to be a Darden student you will be part of the UVA community. You will be a citizen of Charlottesville. Um, spend some time also just for joy. Take, take a break from studying that standardized test or um, take a break from writing those short answer questions and just explore the next chapter that you may be a part of. There's so much that not only Darden has to offer, but UVA and Charlottesville, number one foodie town, graded by Rand McNally, um, 41 Vineyards. Just, just, just take some time to tap into what an exciting chapter that it is that you are embarking on. And there's some work that's involved in applying. Also keep in mind that a lot of the hard work for applicants is behind them. The application is an opportunity sort of to document your work experience and different achieve academic achievements. But most of that work at the time you're applying, you've already done it and you've been working on applications for 10 years. Now it's just time to document, to prioritize. And I think that can be a liberating way to frame it. The hard, a lot of the hard work is behind you. And I also think um, it is a wonderful opportunity for you as an applicant to tap into what you are most proud of. Every single person listening to this has things that they're proud of and that we would be proud of as well. It may be your family background. It could be global opportunities. It could be academic achievements. It could be an impact you've made on a person or a process or a budget. It could be an initiative you started. It could be a combination of things. It could be a lot of things that I didn't even mention, 
but this is an opportunity for you to really spend some time thinking about what you're proud of that's relevant to the business school process and being very genuine and authentic in conveying that to us. Um, so I would I would start with that advice. Yeah, I think people always wonder I mean, where to start. I, I like your I like your advice about make it smaller. Uh, think about it as an incremental step. I think the resume is always a good place to start because it gets you squarely focused on your story, right? Thinking about you know, all right, getting this organized, and it's going to help you when you reach out uh, to to your recommender, right? The, nice to provide them with a copy of your resume. So there, there's a, there's something uh, to also keep in mind. I also think the slower parts of the application process, like standardized test score, score is typically one of the slower parts for candidates. So working back, thinking about how much time you would need to prepare if you're, if you're planning to take a test uh, for the application process. And as you mentioned, there's never been more tests you could potentially take uh, to apply uh, to business school, but making some, some choice around what test you want to take, how long right. you think you're going to have to have to, to study, all, all these kinds of things. Um, maybe even working back from your deadline and kind of thinking about how much time you really need to kind of do all of, all of this and, and work within that. Um, but yeah, just a, a few thoughts as to where you might get started. Right, exactly. I totally agree. And you mentioned deadlines and uh, our deadlines are, uh, one of the first deadlines is coming up right around the corner. So the early action deadline is on September 7th. The round one deadline is October 4th. Round two is January 4th. And round three is April 3rd. And I um, just did a video blog. I have a video blog series, which I hope is helpful to applicants as they're navigating this process and just did one on uh, the early action deadline and some of the advantages of applying in early action. So that's a resource out there to check out as well. All right, Donna, well, any final words of advice, uh, thoughts for our listeners here? I think one of the, um, I guess, sentiments I would love to convey, again, trying to keep it 360 degrees uh, up, you know, High, high level is that I have an opportunity to interact with a lot of Darden alumni, whether they are back at Darden on grounds or whether I'm on the road traveling or even through like some personal dinners I have with people that I stay in touch with. And so many Darden alumni, I know you've heard this too, Brett, say, you know, Darden, the Darden experience were two of the best years of my life. And how exciting for our applicants that they're embarking on a process that could end up being two of the best years of their life. So really try to keep it high level. This is exciting. It's a journey. It's an invest, a really powerful transformational investment in yourself. And try, if, if you're feeling stressed, to, to keep it high level like that and just bite it in, down into little little pieces, like contact my recommender, you know, fill out one page, one page of the application. And just, you know, if you do a little bit every day, it's going to come together. Well, Donna, thank you always for coming on the podcast to talk about the new application. Uh, it's very exciting for our full-time MBA applicants to get started. And as you mentioned, uh, that first deadline is just right around the corner in September. Well, thanks for hosting the podcast, Brett. And that's yet another great resource for our applicants who are, um, and, you know, going through the application process along with all the webinars and virtual coffee chats and multi-school events and uh, on-grounds events. So thank you for hosting the podcast and having me. It was so much fun. And that was my interview with Donna Clark, Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions here at the Darden School of Business. 
As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.